0: In Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 1. Amen. If you got that up there, thank you. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. It means they gave evidence to a good report. That through faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. By which he obtained witness that he was righteous. And God testifying of his gifts and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For Before the translation, he had this testimony. He had this testimony that he pleased God. I could go back through those first five verses and point out A couple of things that they uh, obtained this by having faith that they obtained these things they secured these things with a testimony they had faith that god was able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever imagine and because uh he pleased god he was transformed from this world to the next uh, amen and, and i i am so thankful to know that but without faith. Uh, it is impossible to please him, for he cometh to God for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and I like that little comma there. you've got to believe that he is. you've got to believe that Jesus is God. you've got to believe in the Word of God. you've got to have a faith in what you believe. I know there's a lot of people that believe this, but they don't have faith in this. Well, I don't want to meddle too much today, but I just want to know where your faith is. Do you believe in this? Are there some some in here that have maybe brought some prayer requests down to the altar before and had people pray over them, but you didn't really believe God was going to answer it, and you turned around and went back to your pew? I've been in this thing for a little while now, and I've seen many people walk down to the the altar and say, I need prayer for this, but I could see in their spirit they didn't believe that God was going to do for them. Every everything that the writer is talking about in Hebrews 11 is pointing to somebody who had this type of faith. That when they asked, that they believed in a God that was able to do it. I believe in the Word of God that says, when you repent of your sins, you're forgiven. I believe in the Word of God. It says when you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission, the removal of your sins, they're washed away, never to be judged for again. I believe, and I've got this faith that says, hey, the Word of God is true. Uh, I cannot lie about it. I can only tell you what it says. And it says that if we have this faith that can obtain something, Oh, I want to preach to you today this hope. I'm going to finish the last verse here, reading. Uh, but without faith it is impossible to please him for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Jesus, we come before you today. God, we're seeking your kingdom. God, we want your kingdom, Lord, to come alive in this place today, Lord, in a great and mighty way. Open up the windows of heaven, God, today and begin to pour down your glory into this sanctuary, God. releasing a gift of faith, Lord, to be stirred into the hearts of every believer in this house today. God, I pray, Lord, for faith to grow to every man the measure of their faith God didn't just go to the wayside but that it grows in this house today in the name of Jesus and you may be seated today with the help of the Lord I'm going to attempt to preach this thought faith that obtains faith that obtains. If there is no faith, that means we've lost the faith. Amen. I I don't ever want to be one that gets accused of not having faith. Amen. I am a firm believer that God can do whatever he wants to do. Some people say, well, why do I have to be baptized in Jesus' name? Well, that's what the word of God says, and if you believe in a Savior, uh, you've got to believe in His Word. You've got to believe on how it was given, inspired by man to pen it, uh, and believe that it came from God as the way to do it, uh, amen. So I've got to have this faith uh, in the beginning of the book uh, and all the way through to the end of the book, uh, that none of it is going to be uh, out of order, uh, and it's all going to come uh, into play somehow in my life. Amen. I want to have a faith that obtains today. Amen. In Romans 12 and 3, it says, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to thank himself more highly than he ought to think, but to thank soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. I don't want faith. I don't want to be without faith. But I want that have a measure of faith that has grown past that little mustard seed uh, can i can i just come and 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 talk to you about what i believe faith is i mean it says every man was given a measure of faith that means that you believe that when you take a breath There's going to be oxygen that pumps into your lungs and through your blood and goes to the organs that it's designed to deliver oxygen to. When you were given a measure of faith, that means that when you get out of bed in the morning and you swing your foot over the side of the bed, you got faith that you're going to be standing on the ground and not walking on air. You were given a measure of faith that says when you put the key in the car, Now this may not apply to everybody, You may not have a battery in your car, so it may not start. But if you have a battery in your car, you've got the right combination to stick the key in the ignition, or get in with the fob in your pocket and push the button, and that thing's going to start. You've got a measure of faith that you have done what was necessary for that car to start. Uh, And in order to have uh, the necessary faith in God to make it to heaven, uh, and to have a faith that obtains, uh, you've got to have every gift that God has promised to give to his church operating in your life. And the gift of faith is one of the most important gifts that the church has got to come to realize. It's got to be stirred up in us in a manner that when we are out in this world, we are not of this world, we are being ordained to lay our hands on the sick in the store, I'm talking about obtaining a faith that says, I am no longer afraid of who I am. For far too long, too many people walk through the stores with their head down. Oh, they'll wear the right clothes, but they'll have their head down trying to avoid everybody because they're afraid of their faith they they have fear in their faith. They don't want to testify to nobody. They don't want to talk to nobody. They don't want to obtain any miracles on, on that list of, of little crowns, little uh, emeralds that's going to go under crowns when they get to heaven. They just go ahead and put their head down, and, and they get to the aisle, and they pick their thing, and they don't want to talk to nobody. I, 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 I've seen a few of you. I've, and I'm not shaking your hand at Sam's because you were going that way, and I was going this way trying to catch you. I'm not going to come to you and tell you who you are, but I know who you were. You, you were a child of God, but you were hiding your faith because you were afraid to talk to somebody full that had faith. Now, I, I, I I'm, I'm going to go obeying the scriptures, I'm not going to put myself above anybody. That's not what I'm, I'm trying to say, but I, I have this measure of faith uh, that I've been sowing into for a while now, uh, and it's been growing to the level that I believe that if a, if a man doesn't have a hand, uh, we can pray for them, and they can stretch forth, and God can grow a hand right before our eyes. Oh, man, I feel I get a little bit of tight in here uh, on some faith. Don't you believe in the Word of God? If, God? if we can lay our hands on the sick and God can create a new organ inside my brother, why can't he create a new bone? Uh, I was in a revival not too far from here, and there was a young man, 15 years old. His brother took and threw him over the fence into the bullpen, and when he landed, he broke his elbow, he broke his arm in half, and they rushed him to the hospital. All the nerves were severed from his bone. All of his bone was, was broken clear in half, and that was on Saturday. On Sunday morning, they brought him down to the altar. We began to pray for him. And I laid my hands on him, and I said, in the name of Jesus. And that arm stretched forth right there in front of everybody, and he started going like this. He gets into surgery in Memphis on Monday morning. That doctor cuts him open according to what the MRI had showed on Saturday. And he goes and he says, this is not the same arm. What happened? There is nothing in here for me to do. That doctor comes out, and the mama was a, is a nurse, and he says, what happened to your son? She said, my Jesus happened to my son. You cannot, you cannot argue with it. You saw the MRI, and you know I'm not lying. This is the one that had his arm broke on Saturday. They put his arm in a... In you know, a little deal, because the doctor cut it open and he saw some scar tissue tissue from something previous, uh, and he decided to work on it a little bit, and they put it in there, and for a couple of weeks, and then when he took it off, his arm was locked. And they said it's going to take 18 months of physical therapy, and you may never be able to stretch it out again. On a Wednesday night, I come up and I said I called him by name, and I said, "Do you think God gave you the Holy Ghost and healed your broken arm for you to have to go through 18 months of of physical therapy?" And he said, "No, I don't think so." I said, "We're going to pray." We begin to pray, and he began to reach that hand up toward heaven. And when he did, it snapped, and he started going back and forth. God took care of it in the beginning, and he took care of it in the end. He'll take care of you and your situation in the beginning, and he'll take care of it in the end. It doesn't matter if it's a tumor on the inside of you. God is able to take care of it. I remember in one revival, there was a lady that had a tumor about the size of a ping-pong ball on her neck, and it was covered up with a Band-Aid. Uh, and she began to walk around uh, in a victory march. She began to lay, uh, lead it out. She was the pastor's mother-in-law. And she began to walk uh, around in about the third or fourth lap. Uh, she reached up uh, uh, to try to find that thing. The band was gone and the tumor was gone. Nobody could find a band in the church anywhere uh, because she decided to give God some praise uh, and exercise her faith uh, that she had been sowing into uh, for a time. In her life, Uh, we were in another revival where there was a woman who uh, she was sitting back and she had glasses on her eye uh, over her eyes, real dark sunglasses. And I spoke to the keyboard player, and he had been worshiping and he had led us in such a demonstrative, dramatic worship service. The power of God was in there, and people were just kind of falling out in the spirit during the worship service. And I looked at him, I said, because of your praise and your dedication to worship, God has just healed your wife. And he looked at me. I didn't know who his wife was. I had never met him before. It was the first time, the first service of the revival. And all of a sudden, this woman just begins to shout. And she takes she comes over to the pastor's house after service, and she says, Pastor, look, all the circles are gone out of my eyes. The light's not by in my eyes. Uh, you see, because she had lupus, uh, uh, she had these dark spot uh, uh, bags that were w- real big under her eyes. You didn't catch that. because she had lupus. she had all this stuff going on. She went to the doctor on Monday, and they redid her blood test, and for two years, she'd been testing positive for lupus, but the doctor said, you know what, we're going to do this blood test again today, a second time in the office, because there's something wrong. It's not there. So he did it a second time in the office, and every marker that would show lupus was gone. I'm telling you, when we begin to sow into our faith, and we can come to a place where we can have faith that obtains miracles, faith that obtains salvation, faith that obtains healing. Oh, Brother Wright, you don't understand. The enemy's been fighting me. He's been taking my breath away on every corner and every situation of my life. You don't understand the battle I've been in. No, I don't have to understand your battle. All I can say, hey, I can see the cloud that's been around you, and you've been in a battle, but I know a God that is here to take and break that dark cloud off of you and bring an overflowing of joy and restoration if you'll just begin to let your faith obtain the promises of God that are for you. God has a miracle of restoration for you today in this house. I'm going to say that again. God has a miracle of restoration for you in this house today. Well, Brother Ryan, my faith is all right. I've been living for God for a long time. I pray every day. I I, I rejoice every day. I read my Bible every day. Yeah, but God still wants to restore your faith there's still a great restoration that God wants to do. It doesn't matter if it's just the restoring of your faith and stirring up a miracle that you've been in need of for 15 years. God is here, and he brought me here. It was ordained by God to bring me, to stir you up to a point to say, hey, you've got to let your faith grow. You've got to obtain some faith so you can have the restoration that God desires for you to have. God desires for this church to be the church of the living God, the testimony in the dark night, the lighthouse. In the dark night, God wants the church to have uh, obtained a faith in every promise, uh, that there are gifts that are given to the church body. Uh, You have the gift uh, of laying on of hands. Uh, It's not just the ministry that has that gift. Uh, If you've been baptized in the name of Jesus uh, and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, uh, God will allow you to be used uh, if you will sow into your faith uh, and say, I'm going to believe in the gift of laying on hands and I'm going to begin to pray and somebody's going to get a miracle of healing. I'm talking about obtaining a faith that says, hey, there is no thing that can rise up against me or my family that's going to take away my faith that I have a right to go to heaven. Uh Uh-oh. Can I just talk about that for a minute? There are a lot of people walking with wounded faith they come to church and you know them they come in, they slide in their pew keep their head down, they don't really associate with everybody a lot they've been coming around for a long time Their kids are all backslidden they're all adults and their hope is beginning to dwindle away because their grandkids aren't in church, because the kids aren't in church and there's hurt in the eyes because restoration has not taken place in relationships of generations. And there's generations that are missing in the church because their enemies come in and try to tear the family apart or try to tear the belief system apart. We didn't have to do all that. All that wasn't necessary. No, all that is sowing into the faith. That God wants you to have. By faith, I'm going to live a holy life. By faith, I'm going to stay away from things. By faith, I'm going to believe in the miracle working power of God. The greatest miracle this side of heaven is when God fills somebody with the gift of the Holy Ghost by the evidence of speaking in tongues. Let me explain to you why real quick. Because Your tongue is the most unruly member of your body according to the word of God. That it is the most out of control part of your body. It's the most carnal part of your body is your tongue. And so your tongue has spoken evil. Your tongue has been the thing that has made you partake of sin In more ways than anything else, your tongue has become the most unruly part of your body, and that's where sin takes seed and begins to grow in somebody's life is because of the power that is in their tongue. So Jesus chose for your tongue to be the evidence that you're set free. When you lift up your hands and you begin to use your tongue out loud and say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins, He begins to come in with his finger, and he just begins to wipe everything inside that little vessel of yours that has been holding all that sin that you've been trying to fill up with other stuff. That, that 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 little part of your heart, that little void, a part of your heart that became void when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. They lost uh, that relationship with God. There was something that was created inside of them at that point. It was a void, and that and man has been trying to fill that void with junk uh, for their entire life, uh, and they've been putting stuff in there, uh, and they've been putting they've been looking at things uh, that's been building up in there. And God begins to come as a, and when you're saying, "Jesus, forgive me of this, and forgive me." it's not because the preacher wants to hear you confess your sins it's because when you speak it with your tongue you're saying god i i don't want this in my life no more and god just says i'll take it I'll take it, and he's reaching into that vessel, and he's cleaning everything out, and then he'll take his finger and he'll wipe it all out, and then he's going to put something new in it, and he's going to, and that's his spirit, and his spirit comes down, and it begins to come on the inside of you, and it's something that you cannot control. You you've got to release control to God, take over, do whatever you want to do. He may shake you, he may just let you sit there and weep, but somehow or another, God is going to take over, and you're going to know through the evidence of a language you do not know how to speak. You do not know what it is saying, because it is the voice of God and His language coming on the inside, and it comes out of you as evidence that His Spirit has come on the inside of you. He has forgiven you, and He has decided to put His Spirit in you. That is the evidence of the infilling of the Holy Ghost, and it says that it's a gift uh, that is for you and to your children and to all that are afar off. Uh, there's not one person here uh, that is exempt for it, uh, but you must believe you must have that measure of faith that says, I believe there's a God. I feel him pulling me. I feel him drawing me. Maybe you've never experienced what I'm talking about today, but you've experienced the pulling, the drawing, the aching in your heart that says, I need something more than what I've been able to obtain in this world. <laughs> That's God drawing you. That's God trying to say, Hey, I can fix what you've been missing. I can take and deliver you from the things that the enemies lied to you about and you've allowed to become the number one thing in your life. And God is saying, Hey, if you let your faith begin to obtain some of these promises that are yours, I'll do a great work in you. I will transform you. I will take you from being one way and making you another way. You want to know uh, why God did it. It's because he loves you so much. Uh, and it does not matter how far uh, uh, you've gone into sin. He loves you, uh, and he wants to bring deliverance into your life uh, and peace that you've been seeking and things that you've been trying to do on your own and not get victory. Can I, can I just talk about that for a couple of minutes? You've been struggling trying to do things on your own and and falling short and falling into misery. You've listened to the doctors. You've listened to the psychologists, and they've told you this and they've told you that. Can I tell you that if the psychologist is not telling you about the Word of God and they're telling you that you're always going to be an alcoholic, you're always going to be a drug addict, can I tell you about a Jesus that says if you'll obtain some faith today. I can do a work in your life. What are you talking about? I used to be a cocaine addict. I used to smoke over $225 worth of cocaine a day. I'd freebase it in my trailer and I'd smoke it until my brain turned blue. I'd smoke as much dope as I could get my hands on, drink as much as I could drink, living an immoral life, stealing, robbing, doing whatever. And all of a sudden in one day, I was laying on the floor in her old farmhouse kitchen getting ready to commit suicide and the phone rings and there's somebody saying hey I'm looking for a Ronnie Wright he knew me when I was a a girl in the church when he was younger and it just happened to be that beautiful lady that sang just a few minutes ago and she invited me to the last night of a church revival and the minute God came down off that platform before he ever preached he walked straight to me and he said God God said He's going to deliver you, and He's called you to do a work, and you're going to see a revival in, in, in the youth. And there's going, to be, oh, there's going to be a revival in youth through you. And he began to lay His hands on me. I begin to shake. I begin to snot. Oh, I said the unpolitically correct word, man. If you're afraid of a little tears and a little snot, you haven't been broken yet. If you're not afraid to shed a few tears here, come on, whoever told you tears were for wimps, they lied to you. Tears are a sign of strength. If I can't weep before I preach the word of God, if I can't have a little snot and tears come out of me when I'm seeking the Lord over a situation, then I haven't broken myself and let him take control. I'm telling you that when I repented, there was a puddle of snot that began to run down that old church wooden floor. It went underneath the pew in front of me and the pew in front of it. I'm talking to you about a bucket, and they had to get the mop out and clean it up because I had so much junk I had to get rid of that I had to get out of me. But all of a sudden, I begin to remember some things from my childhood when I went to Sunday school and my mom made me. And it said that there there was a God named Jesus and that he loved me so much that he could deliver me. And then all of a sudden, I said, God, if you're the deliverer, I've been praying. For something real to come along in my life, uh, would you deliver me from my situation? Would you deliver me from this addiction, God? I've been to the NA, I've been to the AA, I've been in a, a, a drug free zone for, for uh, 14 days to get tried out. I've been in there, God, but they didn't have the answer. I still fell back into sin. I met the best drug dealer of my life at an NA meeting. <laughs> And all of a sudden, he came down, and he started filling me with something. I began to shake. I was sitting in that pew, and I shook in that pew for so long. And all of a sudden, I just stood up, and I lifted up my hands. And God filled me so full of the Holy Ghost and fire, and every chain was broken out of my life. I was no longer an addict. Come on, I want somebody to hear me today. I was no longer an addict. When Jesus comes in, he'll break every chain. I'm not trying to tell you that NA or AA is not a good place to start. It is because there is a greater power. But you've got to come to know that that power is Jesus. And if you'll obtain a faith in Jesus today, he can begin to break every chain of addiction in your life, every chain, every pain. He can begin to heal in you. It doesn't matter. I, I, I I'm. I often re- go back to the scripture that says, this is that which the prophet Joel spoke about. When Peter read that or said that, and I go back to Joel chapter 2 and I begin to read, and you know what I find out about this prophecy, that this is that? The very first promise that came out of that prophecy was, I will restore. The Lord said, I will restore... That's the very beginning of the prophet, the prophecy of the infilling of the Holy Ghost uh, that was given by the prophet Joel. Uh, Jesus said, I will restore, the Lord said, I will restore what the canker the palmerworm, worm, the caterpillar, and the locust has destroyed in your life. Uh, God is, this, if we're in the end times, uh, we've got to believe in this word of God uh, that says God said he would restore. He would restore. He will restore. He will restore why am I making such a point about he will restore because when I looked into it and I started looking into the word of God and I started digging a little bit deeper beyond what just the English word restore was what they were trying to bring out was that it means I will make something better than it was than when it first started and I will do it again and again and again and again and again and there was a little mark there that meant that it just was a continue again and again and again. In other words, he'll make you better every time you fall. He'll make you better every time something comes up and tempts you. He'll do it again and again. I'm not telling you to go out and fall, but I'm telling you that if you have, you've got a God that wants to restore you again and again and make you better again and again and restore you better again. And again, greater. But you've got to have a faith that will obtain the promises of God in your life. Right. I don't know if I've made too much of a point or not enough of a point on obtaining a faith. But my faith wants to be in sound people. i I apologize. I didn't use all the scriptures I gave you. I will go to the last one. In Matthew chapter 21. This is the kind of faith Jesus wants us to have. This is now in the morning as he returned into the city. He hungered. Jesus had hungered. He was hungry. He had been teaching the night before for quite a while, all day long. And now he's hungry. And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it. And he found nothing therein. Now I could preach if Jesus came to you right now as a fig tree and you had nothing therein to offer. But I won't. I'll just let you think about it for a minute. But the leaves, there, and found nothing therein, but the leaves only, and said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee henceforward forever. And presently, right before their eyes, the fig tree withered away, and when the disciples saw it, They marveled, saying, How soon is this fig tree withered away? And Jesus said unto them, Basically, get your eye off the fig tree. He said, Verily I say unto you, If ye have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if ye shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. It shall take a while to be done. It's going to begin to move mostly, slowly. No, it says it shall be done. And, (laughs) and, there's an and here. All things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, you shall receive, is how we look at that scripture. All things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, ye shall receive, is how we quote that scripture. And how we say that scripture to ourselves. How important, I want to put that back up, is one word. One word being taken out of that. It says, believing you shall receive. Did you just come down to burden the pastor saying you needed prayer for this and to get some attention for a moment or two to stand up here letting everybody know that you had a need. Forgetting the believing part. Well, that's the pastor's job. That's Brother Miller's job. No. If you want the promises of God, you've got to operate with all of them in you. You've got to ask without doubt. So in other words, if you've got doubt in your mind today that so-and-so sitting in here could be delivered from drugs, I want you to get up and leave. If you've got doubt in here that so-and-so will never get their miracle, I, I want you to get up and leave. Just go stand out in the foyer for a little while because God's fixing to do something for somebody who's obtained some faith in here. Now, I'm not walking on the chairs just yet, and I'm not sweating in your face just yet, but I am going to challenge you to obtain some faith today for yourself. You've got faith, and you've prayed for others that they'd be delivered from their circumstances and their situations. But you failed to have faith and ask believing that God would do it for you. I want you to start to just pray and ask God to forgive you for that doubt that he would do it for you. Because he's not a respecter of person. He, He died for all of us. He loves all of us no matter how far we've gone. And people want to say, well, you don't understand, preacher, I was born this way. Yeah, that, that's okay. You might think you were born this way, a certain such a way. But that's why the Word of God is so important. It says you must be born again. You've got to have the new birth in your life for a purpose. And when you are born again, you're born into these promises that you can obtain some miracles. You can obtain some deliverance. You can obtain some freedoms and some liberties in the Holy Ghost. God loves each and every one that's in here today. And he's looking for somebody that's willing to obtain a faith that they could be changed and they could be set free. That they could have a miracle of healing in them today. Brother, I don't know what you're facing uh, this next week, but I'm telling you about a God that loves you enough uh, that if you'll just obtain some faith, uh, he'll begin to bring restoration and healing into you in such a way uh, that it will change your life forever. Uh, I don't know the situation that you're facing uh, and the cloud that's been over you, why it's so dark, but I do know a God that wants to break that dark cloud off uh, that's been trying to cause confusion fusion in your life Mm. Jesus be exalted Jesus be exalted (laughs) A cloud that's been hanging over you for such a uh, a while. And God said, hey, I don't want her to walk being oppressed by this spirit any longer. I want her to be set free. I don't want her to battle these things in her mind uh, with doubt anymore. I want her to know, hey, I've seen the tears. I've heard your prayers that you've been praying in private. And I'm going to do a work uh, that you cannot deny that I've been doing for you. Uh, Oh. Can faith begin to rise in this place? I feel the Holy Ghost moving, pastors. It's all right. Can I talk to some people about some of their faith and their situations right now? God wants to do some restoring in you tonight, sis. I believe in a God that can restore everything—the canker worm, the poma worm, the caterpillar of life—and the locusts have tried to destroy in you, in your mind and in your relationships. I'm talking about a God that loves you so much He can take the pain in your heart away and take and do a transformation he's been pulling for you for a while now saying i want to do a work i want to restore i'm reaching but she's put these walls up that have been so hard and i've not been able to come into them and do what i want and let her experience my love in a way but if you'll surrender those walls today god will come down and he'll do a work in you and let you begin to grow in faith Oh, come on, church. I believe in a God that's reaching and calling. Wanting to do a work in you. If you surrender everything, don't worry about it. The rest of them are going to follow. Those that you are worried about, if you surrender everything unto God, says the rest of them will follow you in. You've got an impact in people. You have the ability to impact them. And when they see the transforming power of God working in you, they're going to be drawn to it. Well, Jesus... Jesus be exalted. Jesus be exalted. Pastor, am I all right? Jesus be exalted. Mighty God, mighty God, mighty God. Come on. Do you believe that God is here to do a work today? Do you believe that God is here to restore today? I believe in a God that loves you so much, He's been drawn. And drawn and drawn and drawn. And he wants to reach deep into your heart today. He loves you so much. You God's been trying to do a work today. He's trying to reach deep into your life, surrender it all, and watch him raise things up that you never thought. There's people that God wants to bring in that you thought that would never come into church because of the hardness around them. But can I tell you, God's working on them, and they're watching you. So it's time for you to kind of draw that line and say, you know what? I'm going to be what God called, and I'm going to let my faith obtain some miracles and obtain some things just they are watching you, and they're getting ready to come in. Chains are getting ready to be loosed in your family right now. I believe it with everything inside my heart that God said he's going to do a work in your family. But first, he's going to restore in you the Lord in the name of Jesus. I pray, God. In the name of Jesus, let the restoring power of Calvary begin to work in her life right now. In the name of Jesus, let faith begin to rise in this house. Let faith begin to rise in this house. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, you've set him on a path and you've ordered his steps. The enemies tried to close the door, but God said he's getting ready to open them doors. He's gonna let your words that you have been trying to sow his seed become effective more now than ever before in your past. He show. God is getting ready to open up some things to you wide. Your faithfulness is paying off. Jesus, be exalted. Jesus, be exalted. Oh, God, I want to have a faith today to speak to the mountain of infirmity that's been trying to attack pastor. Is there anybody that's got faith today that pastor can walk out of here without pain, and he can walk out of here healed? Lord, according to your word and the power of your name, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, let the healing power of Calvary begin to to flow into his body. Let that foot be healed, God, right now. Let the pain, the inflammation leave. Let the bones be put back in place, God, as you designed them to be. And let the lungs begin to function, God, the way you designed them to be, Lord, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I'm going to be very, try to be very careful here for a minute, Brother Miller. But I believe that there's something getting ready to happen in your family. I don't know what part of your family, but there's going to be a revival that comes out of it. The sacrifices that you have put to separate yourself are going to start to be rewarded openly. And God is going to bring a harvest in that part of your family. And there's going to be a restoration, and there will be a miracle that takes place that is raised up as a testimony to them that's going to reach them. In the name of Jesus. I don't know exactly what I'm speaking to right now, but I know I'm speaking in the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. God, go and break every chain of resistance. In the name of Jesus and there you are, see it's been looking for you. I saw you the first time this morning when you were up there singing, and God is going to take, and he's turning a situation around in your life right now. I don't know exactly what it is, but there's something that seems like it's been going backwards instead of forwards. And God's getting ready to turn it around because of the hunger inside of your heart and the dedication that you have put forth. God is going to raise up a faithful testimony. And I believe that that testimony that God's going to raise up is your miracle the healing that you need in your body. I don't know where this pain's coming from. I don't know how it is, what the doctors have said about it, but I know the great physician that is in this place right now to do a miracle of healing in you. If you'll stand to your feet right now, and some people full of faith, stretch your hands this way. he Jesus, you are the giver and the taker of breath. I pray, God, for your righteousness, Lord, to come in and be the breath that brings forth healing in this body. Restoration of faith in here today, God. He In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, uh, God's wanting to restore some gifts of the spirit into some of the church body today. Uh, if it's been a while that you've been used uh, by the laying on of hands, uh, God wants you to know he's going to restore that gift in you today, and he's going to allow it begin to work uh, in the name of Jesus, uh, in the name of Jesus. Pain, you're a liar. I come against that spirit of pain. The doctors have done what they can do, and now it's time for God to do what he can do. Pain, you're not going to defeat him. Pain, you're not going to destroy him. According to the word of God and the power of the name of Jesus, I command pain to leave your body right now and let healing begin to flow into this leg, whatever it is, God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, he t'aremosah restored. Oh, come on, church. God's doing a work right now. God's meeting some needs and answering some prayers right now. God, according to your word and the power of your name, pain be moved. Mountain of pain be moved. Come on. Mountain of pain be removed god i'm asking and i am believing i am doubting not i know god you are able to take the pain right now in the name of jesus god and heal the cause of this pain in his body all of it god not just his leg but his back god In the name of Jesus, the enemy's been trying to torment with pain in the back as well. Let it be removed. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus.